this podcast, I relate real life to the psych and psych to the real life, showing you that things aren't what they seem and how you can address the inner sense to get a better clarity of what the hell is going on. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys. So today we're going to do a follow up upon how people normally combat depression, anxiety and other mental illnesses, along with the medication that is used. And following, we're going to be doing my favorite segment, which is discussing some research studies and medical studies that were completed in regards to different mental illnesses, depression, etc. So when it comes to diagnosing mood disorders, your doctor will most likely conduct, or they should be conducting a physical examination in order to rule out any psychological causes for symptoms such as thyroid problems, Um, maybe you have an underlying illness, um, vitamin deficiency, your doctor will ask your medical history, medication that you're taking, and whether or not if your family has been diagnosed with any physical or mental illnesses. So yeah. Okay, now so let's talk about the medications that are used to treat depression and or bipolar disorders. So first, antidepressants. So antidepressants are, it's basically in the name, uh, they're like, uh, it's medication that is used to treat depression, depressive episodes, and depressive episodes of bipolar disorder. And this is a form of drug. So some types of antidepressants are um, Celexia, Lexapro, Zoloft, Paxil, Prozac. I'm sure you guys have seen some commercials for this with like the sad music and every and everything. It's kind of like, eh. but these drugs are um, used to use for like serotonin. So serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So they do that. I'm not too familiar with it, but I've done done a little research on it but it's still not too clear of why they have so many different brands of antidepressants you'd think okay one brand works but they have different um, formulas for antidepressants which is cool sometimes uh some older antidepressants include trilixic antidepressants monoamine and how do you pronounce this oxidase inhibitors so antidepressants don't always work because um everyone reacts differently everyone has a different biologic biological like insides or whatever so it doesn't always work and usually an antidepressant must be taken as prescribed for four to six weeks before it begins to work so it's not and if it does work it won't work right away Yeah, the antidepressants won't work right away. Another type of medicine or medication that they might give you are mood stabilizers. So these medications help to regulate your mood swings, specifically that occur with bipolar disorders and other disorders. They reduce like abnormal, abnormal brain activity that isn't normal. Okay, next are antipsychotics. So this is more popular with patients with bipolar disorder who experience mania, whether it's positive or negative or mixed episodes may be treated with um, like an atypical antipsychotic drug. 
and this is also used, sometimes can be used to treat depressions if symptoms are not, like, if they cannot be controlled with antidepressants alone. Another form of medication, or I would call medication, some people won't, psychotherapy. So this is basically like a typical talk therapy where you would talk to your, um, talk to your therapist, um, how you're doing, what's going on, how you're feeling. The types of therapies include cognitive behavioral, interpersonal, and problem-solving therapy. Another form of medication, which I don't really like, but it does work, is electroconvulsive therapy. So basically, electric compulsive therapy, a patient is placed under general anesthesia and then they're giving like muscle relaxants. And then electrodes are placed in certain locations on the scalp. So you know those um, white little, let me say circles that they, that you see in movies that they place on like your forehead or wherever on like on, on your head. It has to be on your head. An electric current is then passed through to induce a seizure. It sounds kind of crazy, right? Like a seizure, but yes, a seizure. So um, this has been proven to work. And generally, um, 6 to 12 sessions are required in order to combat depression or bipolar disorder. So So some treatments for anxiety would include antidepressants. Because remember, like I said, and I kept repeating that symptoms within these mental illnesses and diseases, they sometimes overlap. Sometimes they are common, like the common factor. So antidepressants, um, a sedative, nerve pain medication, um, psychotherapy, so cognitive behavioral therapy, meditation, that's a type of therapy if you didn't know, and psychotherapy, and also self-care. So the self-care would include avoiding alcohol, reducing caffeine intake, physical exercise, quitting smoking, relaxation techniques, stress management, and a healthy diet. Like I can't stress enough how much of a healthy diet is super important. Like you need to have like a healthy diet because our whole body is for vitamins. Our whole body is meant to eat plants, if you didn't know. Our whole body is meant to be great in a way. Be great by like taking all our vitamins and not putting harsh chemicals, preservatives, chemicals inside our body, which we actually, that's what we're doing right now, if you didn't know. Like we're putting harsh things inside of us and that that's playing a factor to like why we're so sick why we're we're sick so eat your vitamins and definitely I'm gonna have um another episode talking about diet specifically the ancient comedic which I told you guys that this is the book I'm reading the about like ancient comedic and their diet and how they were great. They built pyramids because they <laughs> they built pyramids because they were able to what were they able to? Because they were they were they built pyramids because they had a good diet. They had a good system. They had 
They believed in meditation and they believed that the mind, spirit, and body connected. They didn't believe that they were separate. They believed that if you feel fulfill one, you basically are fulfilling the other. So it prompts you to fulfill the others because everything is everything is one, basically. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. So now let's review some studies that is being done on mental health, specifically depression and anxiety. Let's see. So the first article that I want to talk about is very important. So it's by the New York Times. So it's called Young Adults Report Rising Levels of Anxiety and Depression in Pandemic. So a new CDC survey indicates that young people as well as Blacks and Latinos of all ages are showing signs of deteriorating mental health and some are resorting to substance abuse. So substance abuse could be alcohol, weed, I'm going to say that again, weed, um, mushrooms, pills, coke, uh, and all that. So this article is written by Jane Hoffman. So remember when I posted about um, and how to see if an article is good? So let's talk about Jane Hoffman. So Jane Hoffman writes about behavioral health and health and health laws. So her wide-ranging subjects include opioids, vaping, tribes, and adolescents. Previously, she wrote about adolescents and family dynamics for the Styles magazines and is a prize-winning legal affairs writer for Metro. Cool, cool. We're seeing about her. So she received a bachelor's in English literature, magna cum laude, from Cornell University, very top, 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 top school, and an MSL degree from Yale University School of Law. So I can tell that she's credible because she has, um, she has a degree, but she doesn't have a degree that specializes in like mental health specifically. But she has been writing about mental health and behavioral issues in regards to adolescence, etc. for years. So basically her article talks about um, how a survey was taken and it showed that black and Latino people, they, they're having like a rising level of anxiety, depression, and even suicide thoughts and an increase in substance abuse, according to the CDC. So in research studies, U.S. residents reported signs of eroding mental health in reaction to the toll of the coronavirus illnesses and death and to the life-altering restrictions imposed on lockdown. We were in quarantine for, correct me if I'm wrong, for months, like four months, right? Four or five months, not seeing anybody, couldn't go outside to do this without that, couldn't do that, couldn't do this. Kids were inside needing to find babysitters, parents needing to work on the front lines because majority of, not majority, but some, most of the Latin and Latinos were working on the front line, whether it was restaurants, because restaurants were still open. You know, fast food places were still open. The hospitals were still open, obviously, you know? So imagine going through all of that, having no social contact, just being inside whether you're in whether you like to be inside or whether being inside with like a bunch of other people who may not be positive to your mental health that can take a toll on someone 
because it lasted for like four or five months. So, yeah. So the effects of the coronavirus outbreaks were felt mostly by young adults ages to 18, ages 18 to 24. So in Australia, fun fact, not a fun fact, but it's a sad fact, nearly 63% had symptoms of anxiety or depression that they attributed to the pandemic and nearly a quarter, a quarter had started or increased their abusive substances, including, like I said above, alcohol, marijuana, prescription drugs, to cope with their emotions. Gosh, I just think it's... We weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared for this. But I think we could have been way more prepared if we acted earlier. Do you get what I'm saying? If we acted earlier, we could have prevented the death, prevented the mental health tolls that it was that it took on us, prevented like a lot of this mess. It would have been easier, you know? So, a quote from Mr. Selzer, I think he is a mental health profession. It's ironic that young adults who are lower risk than older adults of severe illness caused by COVID are experiencing worse mental health symptoms. Do you know why? It's because we're not used to we're not used to being we're not used to this. We're not used to having no social contact. We're not used to having our lives, having our future jobs, having our colleges, having our schools altered. Adults are just in their like majority are just in their working stages, you know? Or in their working stages or getting like a post like a post degree stage, and yeah, there were where we have school, we have colleges. Like for example, my college, we were basically thrown out after spring break. They told us to pack an extra bag, pack your school supplies, all the books that you're going to be needing, just in case for spring break. Because after spring break, there's the possibility that that like no one will be welcomed like no one could be on campus so I'm like okay I packed my bag for spring break I went to Costa Rica and turned like I got a message like two days into Costa Rica that Brockport is closing down and we will resume assumedly in fall 2020 so I'm like okay cool but the thing is that like I left all my clothes in my, my house at Brockport, I left all my clothes, all my stuff, except my books, obviously, my phone and my laptop. So it was just, it was quick. It was super quick, super altering. But for me, it wasn't that bad when it came to school because I'm used to like, I like being alone when I'm doing my school stuff. I don't care about interacting in class. I don't care about doing icebreakers. I don't care about group projects. I like doing my own things and that's, and I completed it well, you know, the only annoying thing I found was that some of my classes required us to like go on live zoom, like let's say every Tuesdays and Thursdays at two thirty to like three fifteen. That was the most annoyingest thing ever because it's like, bro, we're home. We're home. My house is not quiet. I have stuff to do. I don't have time to be working on your schedule because you want to so-called, like, 
I don't know, continue, continue teaching and being professional. Like, come on. Like, I don't think that they understood that some of us were working when we went back home. Some of us started working again because we knew that things are hard in the house or, or going to be hard. So in the article, it also asked this question. Why do young adults appear to be crumbling at rates far greater than older people? And I did, I did answer it, but let's see what the article says. So he said, Mr. Selzer said that the team hoped to conduct more research along these lines. He mentioned one direction of inquiry that proved especially illuminating, measuring the extent to which people can tolerate uncertainty. Yes, uncertainty is a big word, uncertainty. We're not certain if we're going to continue get that. Oh my gosh, I lost like three jobs. I had three jobs set in stone. Two jobs and one internship set in stone. And those were completely obliterated because of COVID. And it's just, it's kind of sad because I'm here, like we broke out here, you know, we're broke out here. What, what are we supposed to do out here if we have no money, especially when you don't like relying on people and you're basically alone, you know? So he was, he, in the research study, he wanted to measure the extent to which people can tolerate uncertainty and and or the ability to accept the unknown because there are so many questions especially for like us young people about like relative risk the duration of the pandemic so what's <laughs> how long is going to last you know and like what will the future look like what will our future look like where the future what the hell where the future so in this latest survey nearly 41% overall reported symptoms of at least one adverse reaction ranging from anxiety and depression to post-traumatic stress disorder. And nearly 11% said they had suicidal thoughts in the month leading up to the survey. So I had a friend who is just used to being outside with her girls and just with her best friends and just hanging out. But when quarantine happened, she was distant from them. You know, they texted here and there, but like their mode of communication was like in person. I right, we're going to link. I right, where you at? Like let's go. But when COVID happened, it was I saw a flip. I'm not really close to this friend, but like I saw a switch in her and I'm like, "Okay, she, I could tell she's not doing well." And I'm not saying that she's like dependent on her friends, but her friends her friends do play a factor in like in her and how and like who she is and how amazing she is, you know? So I saw that, like, effect, and it was kind of sad. I was kind of sad for her because it's like, damn, this is happening. So, but yeah, let's continue. So the researchers who represented a joint effort largely between Monash University in Brigham and the women's hospitals in Boston said the symptoms were less, less pronounced in older groups, perhaps in perhaps an indication that their longer life experience has been beneficial to helping them ride out the current turbulence. So basically the article is stating that the young people are having rising levels of anxiety and depression due to the pandemic because we have less experience of life and less, they're saying basically saying less experience of hardship in comparison to older adults who, let me read this over, Older adults who have a longer life experience that has been beneficial to helping them ride out the current turbulence. They have been through 
more, I'm not saying that all adults have been through the same thing, but this is just giving like a generalized feel that older adults definitely do have more experience. They're more, more older. So maybe their experience, their past, what they've been through have helped them to overcome like this, this pandemic in a way. Okay. That's that. So I'm going to say the article title again. So young adults report rising levels of anxiety and depression in the pandemic. And this was written by Jan Hoffman. So let's talk about another article. This one is my favorite. It's more of a research um, article than um, than like a normal article like from the Times. So this is called The Prevention of Anxiety and Depression in School Children. Effectiveness of the Trans Diagnostic Emotion Program. So, the objective of the study was to basically examine the effectiveness of a trans diagnostic program. So, emotion, coping kids managing anxiety and depression. So, basically, the program was teaching kids about managing their anxiety and depressions and how to um, regulate and um, note down certain things. So this program targeting symptoms of anxiety and depression in school children by comparing that they compared the intervention condition. So where they intervened and the control condition where they did not intervene. So the method that they use, so a clustered randomized design was used with the school as a unit of randomization. So they went to different schools, specifically 36 schools, and they picked like random children in each in each school. So it was very random. And the children's age ranged through 8 to 12. And I 8 to 12 is basically... Um, it's middle school, right? 8 to 12 is definitely middle school, I think. And they completed screenings using, like, the multidimensional anxiety scale. So this scale basically tested... Um, their anxiety levels, what they're anxious about, how anxious they are, etc. And they also had the mood and feelings questionnaire, which is a short version for children. Because, you know, sometimes children have like a hard time figuring out what they're feeling, why they're feeling, etc. So, overall, 873 children were invited to participate to see um, if the transdiagnostic emotion program actually, um, I'm sorry, if the emotion program actually worked. So, the results. So, the an- analysis res- reveals significant reductions in anxious and depressive symptoms, aka. The transdiagnostic emotion program where it teaches children to regulate their emotions definitely worked. There was a significant decrease of symptoms in the intervention condition in com- comparison to the control condition where they did not provide the transdiagnostic program. Right. So, yeah, con- for the conclusion, the wor- it worked. The transdiagnostic prevention program worked and was successful in schools when it came to reducing you, reducing the youth reporting symptoms of anxiety and depression and parent-reported depression. So they also had um, the children's parents report their behavior and if they had any 
depressive or anxious um, anxious symptoms. So the reason why I decided to include this article is because I know for me personally, and I'm sure for a lot of people, um, my anxiousness, I'm not going to say I have anxiety because I have not been diagnosed. I have never went to the doctor for it. Te- well, technically I have went to the doctor for it, but it, it is a long story. So yeah, basically, um, it started at a young age. I started getting anxious at a young age because of my family situation and school played a factor too. There were a lot of teachers that were bullies and not, not really nice. And my mom had to come up to school sometimes because of those teachers. Cause I can tell when a teacher is for me and I can tell when a teacher is jealous and nasty because they you'd be surprised. There are a lot of adults and a lot of faculty and professionals that don't want to see you succeed and will pr- and will purposely, intentionally hold you back from being great just because you are who you are. But you're a kid, though. That's the thing. You're a kid, though. But it doesn't matter. It can be your color. It can be where you come from. It can be how you dress. It can be your economic status. But these teachers will teach you differently. So on that note... Thank you guys for tuning into Undressing Your Inner Sense. This is part two, and stay tuned for part three. And part three, we're going to be talking about mindfulness, which is my absolute favorite topic, which I'm still trying to master. But I'm going to give you guys an insight so you guys can master it too. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.